Hello and welcome one and all to another fabulous star-studded episode of the Super Show podcast where this week, let's get it out of the way nice and early, Jonesy, Chris has decided to to take a knee, so it's just you and I rolling as a duo this time. We've beaten Warzone to the punch. Indeed, this is the second time it's been just you and I, isn't it? I know, and last time went okay. I'm going to try my hardest not to fuck it up, but I'm kind of new to the whole hosting thing there's lots of things you need to say i've also realized i'm not even keeping time at the moment so this could be the <laughs> longest podcast yet could be the shortest yet who knows how you doing anyway you okay do you know what i'm not too bad i kind of turned the camera on and the mic on to get ready to record this and i realized that i am now well on my way in the transition of uh, becoming a hobo um <laughs> i've got quarantine hair in full effect i've got quarantine beard in full effect and trust me like it, it's bad down there. You don't need to see that in any more detail than you're currently seeing it. But you know what? I'm alive, um, <laughs> which is something. Something I guess. I get um, that's something a lot of people out there can't say at the moment. Well, they can't say anything because, well, yeah. yeah, you know why. How about you, Jonesy? I'm good. I've just realised. I hope no one can see this on camera. I don't know how good my camera is, but um, when I breathe out, yeah. I can see my breath because I'm in Jeez. my I'm in my little makeshift garage studio again, and it's pretty cold today. It's it was been incredible weather the last couple of weeks, but the last sort of few days have taken a bit of a turn. So, yeah, I'm I'm a little bit chilly. I'm not trying not lie. to start like shivering. We don't need your jaw going in the middle of the podcast. It might put people off. Yeah, I thought absolutely. you were going to say something else entirely, like you'd accidentally left a dildo on the shelf behind you or something. <laughs> no, I, I took know. all the dildos down just especially Good. for this. You've got to keep up appearances for the folks at home. I like it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, before we get into your week in gaming, Jonesy, and discuss, of course, all the news that has dropped in the last seven days, there is a little bit of housekeeping Excuse me, we need to tend to, first of all. And top of that list for me, as always, is our lovely, ever-supporting, ever-generous patrons over on patreon.com forward slash super show. Um, as always, we need to thank you all so much whether you donate $1, whether you donate more, whether you've donated in the past, the present, and of course the future. But this week we have to give special shout-outs to our main men, Brett Zerbrick, a.k.a. Shellshock, Hacksaw Book Read, Mindful Pig, Peaswad, Tristan Harris, William Sherry, and the two, the Dons, the Don Corleones of the Super Show podcast, if there were any, Lonnie Thompson and Skylar Music Gents and ladies. Thank you all so much for your thank, support. Thank you, all of you. You're amazing. Yes, they literally keep the wheels greased that allow us to stay on the road and uh, not skidding off to the side. <laughs> yeah, Is that, I, yeah that's, I was like going to say, that's an interesting analogy. They keep the wheels greased to keep us on the road. Do you know what, Jonesy? I've I been, know what I've you been, meant. I've been writing a novel this week, so I'm thinking in metaphors oh. and similes a, a lot nowadays and analogies. Do you know what? Here's one for you. And Go this on. is original creation by yours truly. You can borrow it, but you need to credit me. So you know, you know, there's an expression, "whatever floats your boat." Yes. How about this? You don't know what's going to fl- float your boat until you're pushing out to sea. <laughs> okay. So does that mean until you try it, you don't know? Yeah, basically, you don't know what's going to float your boat until you've done it. Actually, it's a paraphrase thing that I took from an ex-girlfriend who was trying to uh, get you to uh, do weird to stuff. Her, yeah, she was trying to peg me, and I wasn't up for it. Um, <laughs> No, I'm joking. Um, but seriously, any royalties checks that go from anyone else using that in any context whatsoever, uh, please forward them all on to me. I desperately need the money. You don't know what's going to float your boat until you push it out to sea. 
See, now you owe me $2, and that's mm. the way the game goes. Like it. Anyway, Very Jersey, good. what have you been playing this week? I have mostly been playing some uh, Ring Fit Adventure on the uh, Nintendo Switch. Because I was going to say, yeah. you're looking a bit swole. <laughs> yeah, cheers, mate. It's, it's actually just the jumper. And the Pop-Tarts <laughs> I ate just while we were going on. Um, no, it's um, I managed to get hold of one, which I was surprised at to start as you know that i mm. actually asked you about getting uh, borrowing yours from you you um, did yeah but i know i managed to buy one and i had a go and genuinely was pretty impressed by how good that is um i kind of thought it might be a little bit mickey mouse but okay. i sort of set it all up i, I you know did everything you need to do because it has like a strength test test how strong you are um asks you to like uh, some some stats about you gets you to run on the spot blah blah blah, blah. sort of standard fare for like um the like balance board and things like that that you know obviously Nintendo have had in the past, but that that ring that's got some. Uh, some it feels thorough, doesn't it? It is very very robust in its construction. Yeah. Um, what was quite good as well was so I played it and then I then set my four well he's almost four year old up on it because he wanted to play but when he would play it he couldn't even make it like shoot so if people haven't seen it, um you run around the level by running you've got a, a, a one of the switch controllers strapped to your leg and then you'll be running around and you have to squeeze in this ring to shoot in front of you and that might be to shoot boxes to get coins or it might be to shoot at doors to open them and he was trying to do that so he was trying to push it but it was set up for me so he literally he couldn't make it do anything because he'd push it and it wouldn't do anything it would just kind of go Puh. so yeah. we set it up for him um and then he had a fantastic time so rather Good. than having to do like 17 leg raises in order to take off 20 health from a um from an enemy he was having to like three so he was getting into it like he spent about probably half an hour playing um which you know he's he's not even four yet he was he was really into it i took a couple of videos and he's um he was he was full on doing it he was doing all the actions he was taking out the enemies it was really cool to watch actually but it's also been keeping me fit which is good so i've i've i think i'm i'm only on like the third world i believe so i haven't got i've played it like four four times three times but no so you do cool. you do feel like you're getting a workout you definitely feel like you're getting a workout you can adjust the difficulty as well so it it's very and you get uh, i think you do more damage so it's, it's kind of like a um uh a, a f- when the actual combat in it is based around the idea that you're running around levels you jog to proceed along sort of a fixed path but then when you come up upon an enemy you go into a um, turn-based, um, you know, typical kind of turn-based fighting games fair where you you can use a move that you want, which has got a certain attacking power. Um, then once you've attacked them, they attack you. You can block, blah blah blah. But the way you get you do more damage to them is by having better form in the exercises. So if you do a squat, you literally okay. have to squat, uh, you know, slowly and deeply, and then it will go great you've done 10 damage but if you do like a bit of a ropey squat you don't squat low enough you know you do it too quickly you might go okay you've done four damage so in order yeah. to damage the enemies you have to do more which i i think it's really cool and it i built up a sweat i'm not gonna lie yeah yeah i think that's also why i found it tough because uh, most of my squats would be described as ropey and i think my <laughs> knees buckled after about I'd taken half the health away from the first enemy in the game, and I decided, you know what? I'm going to stick to the upper body. <laughs> right. And th- but then sometimes you can't, because then it's, sometimes it says to you, there's a cooldown on a certain move, and it's like, no, no, you've got to do yeah. some uh, leg raises. And you're like, oh, I don't well, want to yeah, do any leg it's raises. A pre- 
to proceed in the kind of the story mode, you yeah, you very much have to. There, there's a bit of customization, but you have to more or less do what they want you to do. But what I ended up doing, I'm curious to see if you get any longevity out of this, maybe once you finish the story, although I've heard it's pretty long, is that you can take the mini-games and things like that that appear in the story out of the story and basically make your own custom routines and workouts ah, okay. based on the ones you like, how long you want to do them for, how many reps you want to do. And you basically make almost like a playlist of all the things you like to do. And that's right. kind of cool because you can basically say, hey, that's uh, where the two kind of lines meet on the graph of a mini-game I enjoy and the workout that I want. And you can pick and choose that stuff. Sure, so I like that customization, sure. yeah. Yeah, no, that's very good. Uh, there's also um, a mode which is like a rhythm mode where I think it actually branches out into other Nintendo franchises where you can, there's music and there are sort of visualizations from um, all sorts of different games. And it, it's almost like a, what are they called? Like a dance mat kind of thing where it, you, to the beat you have to lean this way yeah. and squeeze the ring and lean this way and pull the ring. And yeah, it's nice. It's, it's a really good idea. And I can see why they've been so hard to get hold of because if you have a go on one, I think you kind of realise that, okay, it might not be as good as going to the gym or doing some cross-country, but it's pretty legit when you're in lockdown. Well, exactly. Most people can't go to the gym right now, and it is the perfect substitute in many ways. So, yeah, I'm completely with you. I know why they're in high demand. And to anyone thinking about it, if you can get your hands on one for a reasonable price, it's... I think you'll find it's worth it. That's the one thing that kills me. So I I was thinking of buying one um, from... Uh, is it Facebook's marketplace? And there was a, quite a few right. people that had them locally to me, and they had there's a lot of people selling new ones as well. So they'd obviously gone out and bought a couple of them, um, but they were they were like 120 quid for just the game. Yeah. Um, Plus, I know I'm being like prejudiced and everything like that, but I just automatically assume, much like with Craigslist, that if you're going to buy something off Facebook Marketplace, it's going to come to you like covered in semen or pubes or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Like something's <laughs> going to be wrong with it. I don't, I don't know. Probably. Well, most of the people on there were like, no, this is brand new, unbought. Like, you know, it hasn't been opened. But then it kind of made me think, well, then I don't know how I feel about that. Buying things up because they're, you know, people want them and then doubling the price and selling them on, especially for something like that's supposed to get people fit but one thing i also noticed on the facebook marketplace was there was shitloads of adverts for them so i kind of feel that a lot of people are not buying them because they're mm-hmm. saying i'm not spending 100 and 120 quid on a just the game this hasn't even got the ring in in it why am i gonna do that but i, I managed to get one from argos so i was very lucky um i kept going on their website every day i was like have they got any and they had one and i was like yes i'm gonna i'm gonna get that and play it so I think it I think it retails for about sixty nine pounds, something like that, sixty five, about around that mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um which is pretty you know, it's pretty decent that like you say the ring's very robust. There's a full fledged game in there, um there are other little mini games you can play. So no, I, I think it's cool, yeah. man. I'm gonna stick with it, see how I get on. So yeah, that's pretty much all I've been playing. Um but apart from that, I did watch a really shit film, which was Men in Black International. Oh wow. Okay. I missed that one back in the day. Uh, yeah, I did as well. Um, it was on Sky. Um, it was a premiere on Sky Movies, so mm. I watched it and was not impressed. Well, yeah. Go on then, give us a slightly more detailed review. What's what? What didn't you like? It's hard to say. So it, it has a kind of a strange uh, thing in that it's trying. A, a lot of a lot of um, series do this, where they try and recapture some of what people like in the original by say oh, uh, by in the first one by showing um you know the person becoming an agent so they did that a bit in this with i can't remember the actress's name but she plays um the valkyrie in tessa um, thompson tessa thompson so she um 
she kind of is the Will Smith character for this one. Uh, and it's how she gets into the Men in Black. But it's rushed and it's kind of sort of a bit hammily done and it's it kind of feels pointless. And then they pack her off to London to go and yes. um, meet up with Liam Hemsworth, who's the supposed to be, you know, the sort of... He used to be a great agent and now he's kind of gone off the boil. Chris Hemsworth. Sorry, Chris. I always get those two mixed the up. The big one. The big the one. Big, Thor. Thor. Thor, yeah. I think the idea was supposed to be that this they've got great chemistry, they've got really good chemistry because of Marvel and that they've worked together, etc. But it was it was almost like a, a weird a ri- origin story for Tessa Thompson because they don't spend enough time on it and it's definitely not got the charm of the Will Smith um, era Men in Black. Then yep. you have um, the Hemsworth character who... they're like oh you used to be great and now he's rubbish but they don't delve into that anywhere near as much as they did with Tommy Lee Jones Um, Mm. and sort of look at his kind of um, I suppose you know the fact that he's not what he once was and the fact that he's fallen out of love with being a man in black or a man in black so it's just kind of and then it and then it gets oh then it goes into full-on stupid so the comedy isn't situational comedy in the sense of you know Will Smith's character in it there is some drama in what he does and there's some real kind of desire to be the best and, and he's sprinting around and he's and he's kind of does the Will Smith thing where he says funny stuff but it's quite dramatic it's quite a dramatic film this is just kind of stupid in most places which I yeah I just didn't right. really like I thought it was there was a lot of I don't know there was a lot of like stuff blowing up and flying around and jet bikes yeah. that they didn't need and I'll be honest I wasn't particularly enthusiastic about it prior to release and you're not doing anything to change my mind at the moment Oh, Watch number three. Thought, number three is good if you if you haven't seen that. I know. I remember. I saw number three in the cinema, and it's interesting you mentioned Will Smith. Like he's someone I've been thinking about a little bit recently, largely because of the Bad Boys movies, right? And I think something happened around like the mid noughties mid to late noughties where he was doing things like I Am Legend and that After Earth or whatever it was called. Oh God, yeah. Where Will Smith movies kind of became Will Smith movies in the same way Tom Cruise movies become Tom Cruise movies. And you're just kind of like, oh yeah, it's that guy. But what's interesting is if you go back to when Will Smith was younger and watch films like Men in Black or Bad Boys, or I guess for some people Fresh Prince, I never watched it. But you realise that actually he was just a fucking like funny, very likeable dude. And he still is in many ways. He just became so famous that everyone just kind of assumed he was weird. I don't know. Yeah, no, no, for, like for, exactly for me, it was it was Fresh Prince, and then it was kind of his humor and everything that he was in. He was he had kind of funny little Will Smith quips, and it mm. totally worked with um, films like Men in Black. And it was, but they, I don't know. This is, I suppose they're trying to recapture that. This sort of, but the Chris Hemsworth well. is not Will Smith, and never will be. Well, he doesn't even want to be, does he? Tessa Thompson wants to be the Will Smith character, I guess, and then te- and then Chris Hemsworth's supposed to be this. I, I, we, I feel like with him, they're like, he's so good looking, anything you put him in, he's going to be great. But it's kind of like, <laughs> I don't think it works like that. Yeah. He's, he's good as Thor. He's good as, um, I can't remember anything else he's been in. He's good as other people he's been in oh other God, films. Oh, God, what has Chris Hemsworth been in? <laughs> Ghostbusters remake. <laughs> oh, shit. Jesus. I never even saw that either. That was... Isn't that weird? I get that sometimes, and that's the one of the fascinating things about IMDb, is you feel like you're intimately familiar with someone. And you try to find out what you know them from, and you're like, I've seen two of their movies. Why do I feel like they're my best friend? So I've seen him, the Chris Hemsworth, I've seen him in like 10 films, but they're all Marvel. Like, is every film yeah. I've seen him in is a Marvel movie? And then you get take him out of that, and it's, I can't think of many things he's done. I can think of a couple now, but they were all 
either bad or small. Um, but then the problem is, I suppose, when you're in an ensemble movie, um, it's really hard to separate out the character or that actor from the others. So then you try and put them in a different movie and it doesn't, you know, it's not yeah. as easy. But I mean, I suppose it, maybe it's okay for the kids. Maybe that's what, exactly what they want, but... <laughs> You'll know. know soon enough when yours get old enough to watch that shit. I, well, I guess that by the time they watch this, they'll think this is old. I'll be like, it came out when you were three and they'll go like, yeah, I'm watching that. <laughs> yeah. They'll be on I Men in Black so. 10. That's like a movie that came out in 1976 for you. <laughs> yeah, probably. I, didn't, I wasn't born in 1976. No, Ouch. you were born in 1973, right? You are. So when you were three, it was, yeah. Wow. I think my maths You right are outrageous. One. So anyway. You're old. What, uh, what have you been playing? What have I been playing? I'm still um, plodding my way through Final Fantasy VII Remake, but I'm going to save that uh, for next week until Chris is back because I love those conversations where I get to make what I feel <laughs> legitimate criticisms about that game and Chris gets to wave them away. In fact, that was actually a comment that I picked out from last week's video from our old friend ASB64, um, arguably comment of the week, if you want that feature to stick around. Um, it was, Jamie criticizes FF7 Remake. Chris, it's the charm. It basically <laughs> sums up that entire dynamic. Yeah. Um, but in terms of actual new things I've been playing, um, I have played a couple of hours of Gears Tactics, okay. which is the kind of new entry in the Gears of War saga, obviously not the mainline series, because it is a tactical shooter kind of thing in the same vein as XCOM. So it's oh, about right, okay. yeah, moving a small uh, group of units around, taking cover and half cover in certain places, using action points and turns to basically take down the Locust. And I think it works in a lot of ways. They borrow loads of ideas from XCOM, but they've also got their own unique spin on things in a few places. There have been opportunities to introduce some of the Gears of War character personality. Uh, in the form of, you know, you can still run up on people and chainsaw them and whatnot. Um, it's also just surprisingly detailed, like pretty thick, chunky skill trees for a lot of the characters and lots of customization. The only thing I don't, I'm not sure about at the moment is, did you ever play the recent XCOMs, Jonesy? Uh, I didn't play the recent ones, but I did play um, XCOM back in the day. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, do you know what? I loved it, and I've always loved that as an idea, but it was so goddamn hard that I've never delved back into that world that's exactly why what I struggled with on the recent XCOMs is that I'm just fucking shit. At, I don't have the patience for it. But um, what I was going to say is that, and people who've played XCOM or play XCOM 2 will know that between the missions and the operations you're going out on, there's kind of like a meta layer to the game where you're building up a base and adding sort of facilities to your thing and just kind of like progressing outside of the context of the combat. And that gives you something to kind of like grasp onto as you, you're looking for reasons to keep playing. Gears Tactics doesn't have that, and right. so between missions you're just kind of kicked back to a menu where you're choosing your lineup of soldiers and adjusting their loadout slightly, and I worry that that's going to sag a little bit. Is that a good word to use in big video games? Yeah, no, I think, I think I know what you mean, yeah, for sure. Like, XCOM has got a whole world outside of the combat stuff, and obviously... Mm. Um, yeah. Gears games, that is the game, so I suppose I can see how that works. Do yeah. they do they do the research and development kind of side that the XCOM no. does? No, you're basically you're finding crates or caches in the levels, and when you go back, you open them, and they all have a certain rarity. It's basically like a loot box system, except you can't buy them. You find them in-game. Right. Um, and they get you parts, like you might get a different barrel for your Lancer, or a different, I don't know, a different piece of armor, which has a different passive perk on it. So there's detail in that sense, but 
it's not um it's not a game where much happens outside the realms of combat which for a game that the IGN reviewer took 35 hours to beat <sighs> i worry that's i mean that's a lot of game even that for is... quarantine that's a lot of game <laughs> that's interesting to me because i would say that the majority of the difficulty with XCOM was what you were doing outside of fighting because you, it was the decisions you were making led to whether or not you'd win or you'd lose but if this game is effectively random drops tied then to combat um yeah. i guess i guess that it, maybe it's a good way for people to get into that sort of game if they want maybe. to play the combat but, maybe because yeah i think you're right in the recent XCOMs, i want to say you could get to the point where actually regardless of how you were performing in combat you could almost quote unquote lose because you were you know st- uh, strategizing poorly outside of it as well so Whereas that was always- very much so that was always my failing like with XCOM that's exactly what I did so I could the combat stuff was relatively easy like you know especially when you start the the early game but the problem would be that if you weren't strategizing well and you weren't doing your loadouts well you Mm -hmm. would get you know you'd come across a couple of aliens that were just going to rip you to pieces and they'll take your whole team apart and then you're in real trouble and that's the issue with Gears is that it has a story and cutscenes and characters which means there are people who can't just die so they have hero units, and hero unit survival right. is one of the things you need to ensure to complete missions. So in Gears Tactics, if you fuck up, you don't go back to base with a failed mission. You just restart the mission and try right. and do it again. So, but, it, but I don't mean to sound negative. I think they've done a really smart job. Put it this way, as someone else put it, and I, I'm going to borrow it because I, I like it as a comparison, Gears Tactics makes more sense than Halo Wars did. In many respects, <laughs> right? Okay. Um, I thought you were going to say um, the thing that you were going to say was uh, that you don't know what floats a boat until you push it out into the ocean. No, because again, every time someone <laughs> says that out loud, you like you just said it. They owe me money, and now you owe me four dollars. And yes, I'm four. keeping count. Um, so, PayPal me at the end of this. <laughs> Will Otherwise, do, mate. What else? Have, what else have you been playing? The other thing that I was going to talk about, a little bit out of character for me, but I'm going to sort of uh, unashamedly put it all out. Um, on display for the world to consume. Uh, to the uh, like, to, it actually, it's so out of character for me to the point that when I tried to start a conversation about it in Discord, Mickey J, um, long-time member of the uh, ATG and now Super Show community, said that I should blink twice if everything is okay. Um, <laughs> I saw, I saw that, yeah. Because I think he presumed I had to have been held hostage or something. But um, uh, to get to the point, I attended. I guess you'd say I was present for. The uh, Travis Scott live experience in Fortnite that happened in the past week. The uh, astronomical kind of event, I, I believe it's called. <clears throat> and um, I, I, don't, I don't want to sound hyperbolic, Jonesy, and at the risk of getting slaughtered in the comments, I was blown away. I, do you know what? I, so I wasn't at the event. Um, I watched it after the fact. Hmm. And I was genuinely thought that it was very cool. And it made me want to join in for one of the repeat performances. Um, yeah. I just couldn't quite be asked to re-download Fortnite and log in again. Fair enough. But that's also what I feel like is cool about it, and I don't mean this, I'm not trying to be disrespectful in any way, but the idea that this was a live event, and sure, everyone can go and watch replays and whatnot, but the idea that you were there at a certain, or not my mic, a certain time, a certain place, and everyone that wasn't there wasn't there, and anyone that's missed it has missed it. Like, I don't want to sound snobbish about um, (laughs) exclusivity and stuff like that, but I know. I think it's a, I think it's a cool idea, and I think I underestimated it when they did it a little while ago with the Marshmallow concert. And I think 
Sorry, you. you no, I was, just, I was going to agree with you. Like, I think it's a great idea. I, I genuinely am slightly sad that I that I wasn't there to enjoy it. Yeah. Plus, it helped that um, I think. I, I mean, I, I, I'm not. It's not going to be for everyone, but I like to believe that Travis Scott's music, as far as hip hop goes, at least modern hip hop, is actually pretty catchy. And I think most people will find something to cling on to in the in the, especially in the range of songs that uh, were played during this experience. And I just thought they um, they were willing to kind of change stuff. They were willing to try stuff. And what they did in terms of breaking the rules of Fortnite, changing the plane so the whole world tilts and you're sliding around or flipping upside down so you're literally flying through space with all these amazing visuals going on around you. Um, I just thought it was a really impressive experience. And um, I will not be underestimating Fortnite again anytime soon because, I, again, they, they genuinely proved me wrong. I had an amazing time. And uh, if you'll indulge me, Jonesy, in a shameless plug, um, Go I've got to it. give a shout-out to my buddy Adam, who is the one who uh, who got me to, to tag along for the event because I wouldn't have done it if he hadn't asked me to, to, to jump in it with him. Um, and if anyone wants to see a nice, clean commentary-less uh, video of, of what went down, just so you can get an idea of the visuals. Um, he made a video over on his channel, which is PlayStation Grenade. Um, good way to go and check it out if you want some video to go with this audio, because obviously we're just we're talking about it. I'd do it with my hands, maybe cast shadows on the wall <laughs> behind me, but it wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't no. be the same. Anyway. That's no, very cool, yeah. I, I'm definitely going to check it out, because I want to see... Um, I saw a bit like on news sites, but I... Um, I, I think I saw like a few minutes, but I kind of feel like I wanted to get more of an experience. I want to see more of what actually went on there. So no, that's cool. I will. Yeah. I will be checking out that after the after the show. There you go. That's one view. <laughs> <laughs> um, there we go. Anyway, so I think that about does it for our for our catch up, Jonesy. Unless well, there's anything else you want to slink in there. You've got I was going to say if this is going to become the shameless plug section, oh, okay, I've got one go. to shamelessly plug yeah, yeah, as well. Do it. Do it. Do it. Let's, uh, let's hear give it. me. Okay, you got to give me one sec. <laughs> Oh, wow. For anyone that's uh, listening to the audio podcast, um, in case I don't cut this out, I might cut this out, but actually, I'm selfish, and I'm the only person on mic right now, and I like that, so I'm going to keep it in. Whoa! <laughs> Jonesy is, like, standing up over the camera. I think he's trying to get something out Whoa. from behind his computer. Right, I started a new thing. Yes, you on did. On my channel, and this is on Saturday, I do a giveaway, and this is what I gave away last Saturday. Remember so that it- some people can't see you right now, Jonesy. Oh, so, so- it is a Lego... Millennium Falcon from Star Wars. Um, I gave that away on my channel, and I'm doing it every week. It's called the Saturday Giveaway. And just before coming on live, I recorded another one um, to premiere this Saturday. So if anybody wants to check that out, and with the chance to win something, not a Lego Millennium Falcon, something different. (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah, Super Show Jonesy on YouTube. Yeah. Check check it out. You and I haven't been able to talk about it yet, but I tuned in, obviously, for the giveaway on Saturday, where you gave away said Millennium Falcon. Obviously... I was not the winner because I did not guess it um, in time. Uh, but I was, I was genuinely. I thought you did a great job. I thought like the production values and the way you kind of were able to riff and keep the keep the flow going, um, and the fact that it was a premiere, so that you were able to pre-record it but still get live comments. I thought it all worked out really nicely, Jonesy. I think. Cheers, dude. Thank you very much. But yeah, if anyone's listening or if anyone's watching and they want to be in with a chance to win something, so I would say it's it's like a little game, right? So that's what you were alluding to there, Jamie. Is that I've got a big box of something and then you just have to guess what's in the box and I give clues and um, chat about it and then the first person in the live comments to guess what I'm giving away, they win it. 
and this was a yes. Lego Millennium Falcon. But and I believe you you make a video that goes up on the Sunday, which confirms the winner. So everyone that takes part and thinks they might have won should check in and actually watch the Sunday video so they know that they won. Exactly, exactly right. That is the announcement on the Sunday. But yes, shameless plug from me over, I promise. Do you know what? If ever there were a time for shameless <laughs> plugs, it was now. We're all trying to spread our wings and 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 do different things and, and make money what, at the end of the day. I'll tell you what survive. I do do. I, I plug uh, this, the Super Show, in my videos as well because um, I don't have much content on my channel, so it's a perfect opportunity yeah. to say... well. You're you're doing this all on a channel called Super Show Jonesy, so it's That's like true. it would be like if Justin Timberlake left In Sync and started a solo career as N Sync Justin. You'd be like, okay, fair <laughs> just, enough. Just just N Sync. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you know what? He's staying true to his roots. Fair play yeah. to him. Yeah, I was a big fan of the solo career of uh, Robbie Take That Williams, as uh, yeah. as he's known professionally. I am Robbie Take That Williams. <laughs> I'm actually glad no one's done that because it sounds fucking stupid. It does. Anyway, it does. Um, shall we uh, get into the news for the let's week, Jonesy? Do it. There's a lot okay. of cool news this week, so yeah, let's go for there it. There is a lot of cool news, but this first piece that actually we're going to talk about, arguably one of the biggest pieces of news to drop in the last week, is cool in some respects, but absolutely not cool in others. And there's going to be a range of perspectives. So remember, as you're listening to this or watching this, you should be sounding off in the comments down below if you're on YouTube or hitting us up on Twitter, Instagram, whatever it may be at Super Show Pod, because trust me, if ever there were a talking point, this is one of them. And that is, of course, Jonesy, the fiasco that was The Last of Us 2. Yes, indeed. Bit of a, uh, bit of a, tr- a tragic week they've had. Yeah, so I guess to roll the clock back a little bit and fill in everyone who's maybe not up to date or in the know, so we reported a few weeks ago, as everyone did, that The Last of Us 2 was delayed, quote-unquote, indefinitely. Essentially, Sony kind of pulled it from sale, pre-orders were refunded, and they didn't give a new release date, and they pointed to, at the time, the pandemic around COVID-19, the coronavirus, as the reason for that. And so we're all kind of left in the dark. Um, Things started to change. Would you say it was about... Maybe a week ago from the time this was uploaded, Jonesy. Yeah, it feels like it wasn't long after the the last pod that we recorded. So yeah, it must have been it must have been about that. Yeah, uh, leaks basically started appearing online, and when I say leaks, I mean we had full on captures of gameplay, of cutscenes, you name it, that appeared to be coming from some kind of pre release build of the game. And when we say they were spoiling shit, we mean like they were spoiling everything to the point where there were videos of key character moments and even the ending that was surfacing online on uh, YouTube, you name it, it was popping up there. Obviously, people ripping it, re-downloading it to make sure that stuff stayed. Some people were watching it and then talking about it. So the internet really became a kind of very scary hotbed for The Last of Us 2 spoilers, and still is in many ways. And so we encourage any of you who care about the story to take care, use Chrome extensions, mute words on Twitter, do anything you need to do to stay away from them. But... I, can one, I admit at this point that I yeah. don't know much about what was leaked because I was didn't want to find out anything, so I have purposefully like steered well clear of anything that could even be close to giving me a spoiler for any of this. Do you know what? That's honestly the best way to go. There was even a point where I contemplated not bringing this new story up because right. you don't want to open the door for that stuff, but at the same time, like we can't... We're caught between a rock and a hard place, right? We can't... It was a massive news, news story, yeah, yeah, for exactly. sure. So, yeah, it's, it's something you have to talk about. Yes. Um, I guess the last bit uh, of the actual news story itself, uh, before we get on to discussing it, is that Sony 
Maybe it was part of their plans all along. Maybe it was in a, a direct kind of like retaliation or response to what had happened. Uh, Sony have announced a new release date for The Last of Us, which is June 19th. For anyone, of course, who's not keeping track, Ghost of Tsushima was also meant to be coming out in June, so that has also been delayed as a knock-on effect of The Last of Us's fiasco. Uh, Tsushima now due out for July 17th. And the last tidbit, which, again, take it with a pinch of salt because I haven't seen anyone outright confirm it. Correct me if you've seen different, Jonesy, but I believe the rumours have allegedly come from a disgruntled employee let's say uh, yeah I, that's that's exactly what i'd heard as well um, although i hadn't seen anything which kind of um expanded on that i just heard disgruntled employee so i don't really know i don't know if you saw anything about who that could potentially be or but no. it, it's, it's a lot of info and it's a lot of access to have for like just a random person so i, yeah. I don't know how these these um these publication how developers work i don't know if people just have unfettered access to like get hold of stuff well, i guess in some sense they kind of would but like i don't i don't know the level of the employees what i'm trying to get at like yeah it seems Although, mad they had this much access to it i suppose i i agree but i wonder if that's a problem that was maybe exacerbated by the pandemic and the fact that they almost certainly would have been working from home and perhaps oh, some people's right. jobs require them to take builds of the game home so that they can do stuff he could have been in qa he could have been a test in testing he could have been any number of places really and required access to maybe even more or less obvious, obviously the full version of the game warts and all cutscenes and all um, that's a great point i hadn't i hadn't even considered that i was thinking like how has this person got all this access but you know you're absolutely right if they get sent it and they've got to take it home for whatever purpose right. then yeah they've got they've got a shitload of access right there yeah it's actually curiously it's one of the things i've heard is an issue in japan and again i, I don't know to what extent this uh, how deep this goes and what game it's what games it's affecting but in japan i think they're a lot more sensitive and a lot more private and a lot more secure about that kind of stuff and so a lot of companies have policies that basically say no we're not going to let employees go home with builds of the game and, and so on and so forth and that's actually inhibiting their ability to set up in a work from home scenario because right. the japanese companies are a lot more uptight about it obviously maybe now we're seeing the effects of the slightly more lacks attitude comparatively of of some american studios or western studios however you want to frame it yes it seems like they were right right there's japanese studios who've said they're not going to do it specifically for this kind of reason yeah they were right someone for and this is the other thing right I, um i know people are saying that maybe we don't know what this happens to this employee why they've done it like yeah. we have no idea i don't think it matters i don't think there's anything that you could tell me happened to this employee which would tell would make me say that this was a, a valid form of kind of getting back um no at the company like because you've effectively ruined an experience for a shitload of gamers out there who just want to play the game and enjoy it um i absolutely if you want to do things like when when we've in the past had um leaks about the practices at companies and they've talked about crunch and they've talked about bad operating practices and they've talked about sort of toxic environments i think that's something very different this is out and out like um it's almost like cutting off your nose to spite your face right yes sure because no, no, I think we we were talking about it the other day, and we're saying like no one's hiring this person in the gaming industry ever again if they ever find out who it was. Because yeah, true. what like even even if you found out that they got they had a horrendous time, um, it doesn't matter. Like I don't think it matters. They've they've just done something which is out bloody rageous. Yeah. I would say. And uh, you know that was why some of the discord around this whole situation was so strange because I saw 
far more people than I expected to see across Twitter, Reddit, you know, wherever you want to go for your for your news and your conversations, kind of defending this person's actions. And every time someone was out there criticizing this person for what they'd done, that person who'd made that comment would get a lot of responses saying, oh, well, I, I guess crunch is okay now. I guess mismanagement is okay. Very strange responses. And I, I just basically, I'm going to have to come out and agree with you. I think there are ways, like no one should condone poor workplace uh, scenarios, poor management, crunch, like whatever the situation is. No one should ever condone that. That should always be something we're striving to improve. But there are right and wrong ways to improve those situations. And I know what it's like. We all know what it's like to a certain extent to be in a situation where you feel like your back is against the wall. You can't talk to the people you feel like you need to talk to. And you feel like the revolution you want to kickstart amongst the company you're in seems impossible. But like this, like you said, Jonesy, it hurts fans, but also it hurts his co-workers. And we've already had people in the press like Jason Schreier, who obviously have contacts within Naughty Dog, who have come out and said, look, I've spoken to a handful of Naughty Dog employees and the overwhelming feeling that I'm gathered from them is, fuck, this game that I've spent years of my life working on is spoiled for some people who would have otherwise enjoyed it themselves. Because, like, some guy, you know, wasn't happy and decided that this was the way to deal with it, when really there are better ways to deal with it. I think the um, the one saving grace, maybe, um, when these sorts of leaks happen is that, in reality, the number of people who are going to see the leaks and it is going to be spoiled for is going to be relatively small. Um, yeah people will either they just won't see the news and they'll and they'll have no idea it even happened there'll be other people like me who heard about it and then avoided at all cost any sort of spoiler there'll then be other people who saw it heard about some of the um the leaks but don't really care because they weren't going to play it anyway so yep. the damage that this person's done is relatively small but at the same time you know, if Naughty Dog want to go and pursue sort of legal action to say hey we might have a financial knock on because of this then yep. So you kind of say like, why did this person do it in this way? Like, like you said, if if they if they want to talk about crunch, if they want to talk about um, toxic working environments, if they want to talk about bad managers, there's so many other ways to go about that. This this to me always feels like someone saying, oh, okay, you're it's a terrible place to work. So so go to the newspapers, show them some evidence, and someone saying, well, I I don't want to actually do that. I don't want to f- actually get the evidence because I might be wrong in some sense or it might not be as right. bad as I say it is. So in which case, I'm going to be like throw my toys out of the pram and I'm just going to do something to piss them off, which I don't... I'm, sh- I'm We've all been there. We've all had moments when we're really annoyed or angry with something in the workplace or for whatever reason. Like, you know, as editors working on YouTube, we, we had our own mini version of Crunch where we yeah. would work very long hours till very late in the day and you'd kind of go, oh, this is ridiculous. I don't want to be here at 2 a.m. Like, yeah. editing a video. But the last thing you're going to do is sort of um, go into your, your, all your colleagues and friends' machines take off half done edits and just put them out online and right, go exactly yeah ah, it's just, like, we experience we experience crunch across projects that would at most last a week or two and also at most be amongst teams of i don't know like at its capacity six people eight people when i start yeah. to try and imagine what it would be like to have worked on a game with thousands of people again yeah. across years and to see your work handled this way I, again, from a creative perspective, I can't imagine how disheartening and saddening that would be, especially considering the amount of people who have, who have been willing to indulge in these spoilers and just 
despite the fact that they are devoid of any context as to what happens in the game or how they might be spread out, how they might play out um, if you were in the moment, so to speak, a lot of people are just willing to to make judgments. And I've seen a lot of people make a lot of comments about how, oh, it's it's going woke and they've they've ruined it and it's this, <laughs> that, and the other. And it's just like, I'm not going to lie, it's gotten to the point in the internet now where when someone complains about something creative, when someone complains about a piece of art because it seems politically charged or because it's woke or it's pushing, pushing an SJW agenda and all those words that people say, I literally throw that argument out the window immediately. My brain disregards it because all I see are like fat, sweaty incels like me <laughs> who, are, who are, you know, right-leaning rather than left-leaning going... Oh, there are lesbians in my game. There are lesbians in my game. Get the, 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 the. And it's like, fucking hell, dude. Like, just get a fucking grip, really. The problem is as well is that you, you kind of go full circle because um, I suppose you you have those stories anyway in games, right, um, that people don't like. It just so happens that you can't even include a, those sorts of stories in games now or in any sort of medium because people will assume it's political. It might not be. It might just be the story that you wanted to tell. But yeah. ha- you can never then convince people that it's just the story you wanted to tell and it's not. You haven't. Yeah. You haven't. You're not doing it for any political reason. Like it's. Yeah. I think we see that a lot where people t- people get um, accused of being political and they say, you know, actually it wasn't political. It just so happened that that's how it was interpreted. Um, but I think the, the 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 like I said, I think the plus for this is that it's it's not going to hopefully affect too many of the people that will play the game. The negative is that the people that it will affect the least um, is the people that I imagine the employee was trying to attack, which would be you know the owners, the people who own Naughty right. Dog, the people who make the money from it, because they're not going to have their bottom line affected in one jot by this release. Like you said, right. the only people that really get affected are going to be the creatives who work at the company and who are going to feel like their work is being is, is somehow had something taken away from it by this so yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it sucks man but I, unfortunately hopefully this this person who did the leaking you know i, I don't wish them any ill will or any, anything no, exactly, silly like that yeah um hopefully they'll maybe realize that it was a dumb thing to do and they'll change their ways in the future and good luck to them but i don't think this was the correct way to go about this no i agree and i think that's probably a good point to to uh to leave it on because I don't. I, you know, it, it's probably sensible and safe not to go any deeper on kind of the story side of things. And I feel like you and I are pretty much in agreement as to the the nature of what this individual did and whether or not it was right or wrong, or whether or not it will be effective uh, in achieving what they hoped it would achieve. But I guess on the plus side, to leave it on a more positive note, uh, it does have a release date. The Last of Us Two will be coming out, and hopefully, we'll be playing it in around about a month and a half. So, you know, it's something to look forward to. Yeah, absolutely. Can't bl- um, can't bloody yes. wait. Me either, mate. And something else that luckily we have to look forward to in closer to about four to five months' time, so some distance away but still on the horizon, is, of course, maybe... Jonesy, am I right in saying your most anticipated game of the year? Yes, it is, Jamie. Well, it will be, but I'm still not absolutely convinced that it's even coming out this year, so I'll put that aside, though. What, <laughs> what are you going to come out with this pessimistic attitude for, Jonesy? How about a little bit of, you know... Optimism. I know, I know. I should be more optimistic, but I. So I've pre-ordered the um, the limited edition. I think it was with this one. So I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Good. Well, one thing we do know, whether or not the game comes out in time, 
will remains to be seen, but one step, I guess, in the right direction is that the game has been rated by, I believe, Jonesy, the Brazilian ratings board? <laughs> yes, that was where the leak was from, wasn't it? Good old Brazil. Right, yes, and... Uh, Someone was able to get a screenshot in time before they removed it and also translate it, although uh, the translation is a little bit rough at times. <laughs> Unsurprisingly, it got an overall rating of 18+. plus. But the thing about the leak, Jonesy, is we were able to break down um, some of the things that have been included and how old you have to be, in Brazil at least, to experience said things. <laughs> and um, when someone posted a screenshot of that list on Twitter, we did actually get a response from one of the developers over at CD Projekt Red who um who said uh, almost and I'm going to paraphrase here but it's basically a direct direct quote that they are not fucking around which that was I guess, my Jonesy, so that was my favorite hear, quote right? yeah from like uh, that I've heard from about anything for a long time in video games is like that's the best answer they could have come up with like so right. have you got anything to say about it being 18 plus yeah dude we, we ain't fuck but then if you've seen the anything leading up to this point for um Cyberpunk 2077 how could it be anything but an 18 plus? Like, you've got stuff come, pulling eyes out and putting new eyes in and people shooting each other and dying in cars and... Oh, this game's going to be phenomenal. Shall we um, have a quick run-through of the list then, Jonesy? And see what Cyberpunk 2077 is uh, set to include? Yes, please, let's do. Okay, and bear in mind, as I mentioned earlier, some of the translation on this is a little bit ropey from, uh, I'm guessing, Portuguese into English. First of all, there are a few things that the uh, Brazilian regulators think are suitable for literally everyone, including weapons without violence and moderate or hinted use of illicit drugs. Okay, so the kids are so, doing it too. Yeah, apparently if you only hint at the use of illicit drugs, then fucking four-year-olds are allowed to do it. So it's a video of a five-year-old holding a Glock whilst breathing out smoke, but not actually inhaling yeah. from a joint. So like... Exactly. Okay. And to be fair... I've seen some videos, some CCTV videos of shit that goes down in Brazil, and I can believe it. <laughs> anyway, let's maybe not get into that. Shit you have to be 10 to experience <laughs> includes weapon with violence and uh, derogatory language. I guess both to be expected. Okay. Do you want to know what you have to be 12 to, uh, to see in Brazil? <laughs> yeah, go on. And again, this is where the translation gets a bit weird. Here are some of my favorite ones. Exposure to death corpse. <laughs> Which I guess just means Good like corpse. showing a dead body, but yeah, I like I the expression so. there. Um, and another one you have to be twelve to experience is sexual pleasurement. Uh, do you know what? I'm not surprised because Brazil seems like quite an open country when it comes to like sexy stuff. So I'm not that surprised that they're down yeah. for that. But it's also just like verbal aggression is in the twelve year old section, and I personally don't put verbal aggression on the same level as. Uh, sexual pleasurement or exposure to death corpse. But <laughs> I think that's just me. I guess how that there's le degrees though, right? Because that could be like clean your room or I'll slap you, or it could be something much worse. So I'm, I'm not sure, quite sure where they're coming there. Death corpse yeah. is quite bad though. Twelve and you can see death corpse is quite bad. Exactly. I mean, we all saw was it Stand by Me where they find the dead body? Or I've never seen I'm, it. I think they find a dead body in Stand right. by. I don't know. Could be making it up and getting my wires crossed. Anyway, let's rattle through the rest of the list. At 14 plus, we have things such as description of illicit drug consumption or trafficking and sexual exploitation. They then bump it up to 16 plus with things like mutilation and intense sexual relation. And um, we have the one 18 plus uh, category, which is just simply cruelty, which <laughs> I love the open endedness of that. 
You have to be 18 cruelty. to witness these acts of cruelty. Johnny Silverhands is one cruel mother. That's why they've yeah. had to put the 18 plus. If, if I had to guess what that means, there's one thing. Basically, when I was younger, my parents wouldn't let me get games that were rated 18. So I used to take uh, a lot of time to look into what games were being rated and why, which led me to spend a lot of time on the BBFC website. The BBFC being the British Board of Film Classification here in the UK that also used to handle games before everything went to the European PEGI system. Um, 15s and 18s would still be 15s and 18s in games, as they were in movies. And I remember, because I used to read so many descriptions, the thing that they used to use as a defining characteristic of violence and whether or not it would be a 15 or an 18, because there are loads of 15s where you're shooting people and blood's coming out, is... If the violence dwells on the infliction of pain and essentially the suffering of the individual who is being hurt, that's when it crossed over into 18 territory. And I wonder if that's what the cruelty refers to. Oh, okay, yeah, because I I suppose that does put it into a slightly different category. Um, It's interesting you saying that because I'm kind of in that at the moment where I have to decide if something's okay for my kid to watch because it's like, and we started watching Jurassic World and obviously there are dinosaurs in that that eat people but there's yes. no blood. Yeah. I didn't. Let, I didn't let them watch it anyway. I was like, "There's no way he's watching that." But yeah, there was no blood. But I suppose that's how you. I guess they decide is you can have violence, but with blood. You can have violence without blood. You can have someone taking pleasure in doing it. You can. So I suppose what we got, got to look forward to with this game is that um, they're gonna people are gonna enjoy inflicting pain and violence on others and lots of self pleasuring. So yeah, and I guess we could have presumed some of that based on what we've seen so far. Can I ask you a question, though, about what you were just talking about? And this is partly just me projecting because of what my parents did to me and knowing what, wanting to know what you will do to your kids. <laughs> sure. How old will your sons have to be before you will let them play a video game that has an 18 on the box? Uh, probably like 14, 13, something like that. Okay. Well, so it, like it G- depends G- on the game. GTA, for example, GTA. Yeah, probably four, probably say like 14, maybe. Okay. I yeah. feel like if you can, they need to get to the point where they are, like if they're, but then it depends on them because if they're not mature enough to deal with it, then obviously then that age would have to go up. I, I think I told you guys before, I was on a train a couple of months ago before all this madness um, yeah. and a guy on the train was saying that he would let his son play uh, Grand GTA Online um, when okay. he can prove that he is more mature, but then at the same time he was having a conversation with someone else reference the fact that his son's bedtime is seven o'clock <laughs> so, and so to me i was like those two things don't go together how can your bedtime no. be seven o'clock but you can play gta online like no, no come on I, I, that doesn't make any sense to me no i i, I think it's interesting because i one thing I'll always say for my parents especially on my mum's side is they didn't play or understand games and I think the easiest thing for them was to err on the side of caution and do what technically the government and the video games industry were telling them to do. And I just think it's interesting that when we get more and more people like you, Jonesy, who are parents but are obviously still gamers themselves and understand on a case-by-case basis what might and might not be appropriate at what ages, we're going to see those lines blurred, I think. Oh, for sure, because the, the thing that makes it a lot harder these days as well is when I was a kid, um, like until I was, say, like 15, 16 anyway... Um, like the games were nowhere near good enough to represent anything that bad. Anyway, um, yeah. the were I mean, I remember playing GTA One and Two, um, when I was a kid. So, um, I was probably say like in my early teens, um, 
but they were the top down and even when you ran someone over it looked like a smudge of pixelated tomato ketchup it wasn't right pre- gr- as graphic as people have to deal with these days i think the thing i'll have to deal with is so having just played modern warfare you know last year um there's some pretty harrowing stuff in there where you're silently moving through a building trying to decide who to shoot and who not to shoot in a house in camden which is yes I've, when we were kids when i was a kid anyway there was never anything like that you'd have to deal yeah. with to that degree but if you're a parent mate you'd have no idea about that sort of stuff if you weren't a gamer not at all so yeah. i think i i think i'll have a i'll be better placed to say yes or no but at the same time i think it's still going to be very difficult so what you're saying basically is the things have changed since when you as a child got a boner playing beat em and eat em on the atari 2600 <laughs> exactly exactly have you seen beat em and eat em? i only <laughs> I discovered this in the past week it's I a haven't. game where you control these two women uh, at the bottom of the screen on the Atari, it's an Atari Twenty Six Hundred game. So imagine it's basically like oh, it's <laughs> yeah. very, it's like eight bit, sixteen bit, whatever it was. You scroll them left and right across the bottom of the screen, and there's a guy at the top of the screen standing in a building who's jerking off and coming off the top of the building, <laughs> and you have to move the woman around and catch it in your mouth and eat it. Do you know what I'm going to say it now? That's if I ever do, that's going to be the first game I stream on Twitch. Beat him and eat him. Really, beat him and eat him. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, I think you'll find that there's not much to it. When you've seen it for about 30 <laughs> seconds, you've seen it all. I'll do just a two-hour um, live stream of Beat'em and Eat'em. I think just go through the back catalogue of the weird world of Atari 2600 porn, with the exception, perhaps, of Custer's Revenge, which uh, we shall not talk about why that <laughs> game is infamous on this podcast, but uh, if you are curious, look up Custer's Revenge and be ready to be shocked. Um <laughs> Anyway, Jonesy, let's let's move on once again to another game that hopefully will be coming out in the future, although its existence technically isn't confirmed yet, so a little bit speculative. Um, we're going to be talking about Horizon Zero Dawn 2. Yes. <sighs> yeah, so a story broke in the last week or so, courtesy of the writers over at a website called Video Games Chronicle, which I will just sort of drop at the moment, that I hadn't really heard of uh, VGC prior to like a month or two ago, and they have been going hard on the seemingly so far pretty reliable leaks and, and articles that have been backed up by by other journalists and whatnot. They've yeah. been talking about... I yeah, think it's one, one, one story I think I've heard before that came from them and it was completely legit. And then a couple of days later, it was, it was confirmed. And I was like, okay, yeah. fair. Also, These guys and recently, they've been sort of on the forefront of, do you remember the whole Resident Evil 8 thing, Village? They were a part of yeah. that. And they were also a part of the Mario kind of remasters, you know, the Mario 64 Sunshine Galaxy stuff. They were one of the big sources on that one as well. So they've done an article about Horizon Zero Dawn talking about the plans for the sequel, which I guess isn't really a surprise to anyone. But what might be a surprise is a few of the details, a few of the tidbits they've mentioned for Horizon Zero Dawn 2 to run down a few of those. We've got that they've said that it was originally being planned as a PS4 title but is now targeting next-gen, which I guess anyone could have guessed. It is now April, basically May of 2020. Uh, They've said it's going to be gigantic in scope with a larger game world and more freedom than its predecessor. And here's the part that's really interesting, Jonesy. I want to get your take on this as a fan of the original Horizon Zero Dawn. There have been rumours that are pointed to the existence of a co-op mode. At the moment, though, it's not clear if that's going to be delivered via the main story or some kind of a separate mode, whatever that means. Um, because that was something that was planned in the original, but scrapped, as they wouldn't have had time to get it in for the final version. How does that strike you, co-op in Horizon Zero Dawn? I love the idea of that. I think the co-op sounds 
perfectly fine. I mean, it's exactly the sort of game that uh, I feel gets enhanced with co-op because it's you versus environment and it's you know, it sounds great and it's a weird and wacky, crazy, post-apocalyptic world. I want to shoot dinosaurs in the gut with arrows and with a mate. That'd be great. <laughs> I'd be all over that. Or a few friends, you know, that'd be pretty cool. Maybe you could even have some... Um, you know, dinosaurs that you have to work together with other people specifically to take down, which would be very cool. Um, that's, yeah, that's an element I hadn't even thought about. Like, because obviously part of Horizon Zero Dawn was kind of trapping and pinning down these dinosaurs. Yes. If they were able to up the scale to the point where this takes multiple people to nail down, that could lead to some pretty almost Monster Hunter esque, um, <laughs> like, long form encounters. Yeah, I mean, it even lends itself to things like online raids and stuff whereby you have to get together with a certain group of people in order to take on maybe it's a certain number or maybe it's just gigantic sort of um, over-the-top dinosaurs that you'd never be able to take out on your own because they're just too powerful, um, yeah. which that to me sounds a lot of fun. Um, I, I was sort of saying before the pod to you that it kind of bugs me in the sense that I think Gorilla have said um, that Horizon is going to be a trilogy, but because we haven't even had the confirmation of the second one yet, it always kind of gets my back up a little bit because it's like, just concentrate on just a net, like confirming the existence of the second one before you mm. start talking about a third, especially when you're in a strange position that I think everybody thought that we'd know exactly what a sequel would, would well, not exactly, but when it would be coming out, um, what that would kind of look like, how it would be sort of shaping up by now. But then there was just silence from their end and we haven't seen much. Right. Um, which was odd because it was a very well-received game. It was um, Sony first party and it, it was all seemed to be brilliant. Um, so, so it always kind of worries me when they start talking about thirds when you're like, just worry about seconds and then we'll yeah. worry about the rest. The scope thing, I don't... This always confuses me. The scope is gigantic. Yeah, the first game was bloody huge. It was plenty big enough. I don't need more bigger world just concentrate on making the game stop telling me how big it is it's like some like some dude who can't he's on tinder he's just like yeah. constantly telling you like dude stop telling people how big it is just you know no one cares <laughs> yeah. just yeah, just make sure it's good <laughs> i i kind of agree i don't know why that became the de facto kind of uh talking point almost for open world games the the thing that they always had to brag about was how big they are where I feel like we've experienced plenty of times in recent years games that were probably too big and <laughs> For lost sure. out as a result of that. So, yeah, I tend to agree. So it was it was funny because you had it games like Arkham Asylum and you played them and they were fantastic and incredible and amazing. And then right. they said, there's another one coming out. The world is even bigger. You can go outside the asylum. And you're like, yes, that makes sense. Tell me about that. If you're talking about a game like... Um, Horizon Zero Dawn and you say hey you know that gigantic world full of many types of people and different environments and all sorts do you want it bigger and you're like well not really I had a great time already thanks it seems like a needless brag because at some point for as fascinating as open worlds can be and for as much as they can be filled with interesting things to do at some point advertising a bigger open world is basically saying hey do you want to take even longer to walk to your next mission? <laughs> I've got one for you. Rage 3 comes out and says the world is 10 times the size oh, of Rage God. 2. You're like, exactly. wow. So it's going to have a tenth of the stuff. Well, no, so it's going to have the same amount of stuff, 10 times the world. It's going to be even more desolate. Great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, exactly. It's a strange one. It is a strange one. But no, um, hey, look, that game was fantastic it played really well um i did fall off the story a little toward the end um yes. but the world was incredible anyone who hasn't played it i strongly recommend having a go because it's it's a fantastic it's, it's a fantastic journey like just the mm-hmm. 
the the leveling and, and Aloy and the character and the leveling tree and the the bow and arrow stuff is wicked and who does not like going slow motion sliding under a dinosaur shooting it in the stomach with a flaming arrow making it explode ripping parts of it off it, it's phenomenal but yeah you know what, Jonesy, four or five years ago i might have identified as someone who didn't know they liked that but thanks to horizon zero dawn i can say <laughs> with full confidence that i do one quick question before we move on to the next story one of the things that i thought was quite satisfying about horizon zero dawn as a game and kind of a, an enclosed experience was that there was a lot of mystery surrounding what had happened to that world and we won't spoil anything but how it got to that point and why the world was the way it was and one of the things I liked about it was they answered those questions for the most part. Yes. Do you think a sequel or a, two sequels, as the case may be, have to find new mysteries to hook people on? Or do you think they can simply say, this is the world and now we're just focusing on stories that happen within it? So I actually think that they're in quite a good position, per, I think, for them. If I sort of think back to um, a lot of sci-fi film franchises, which is where I think would be a good place for them to kind of get a bit of inspiration is, or and obviously other games as well that have done something similar, you've set up the world, you've established how that world existed, you can now go completely from a different perspective and they could say, right someone in this world has taken advantage of the world that exists and they're doing something bad and now you have to go and stop them they don't need to go into mystery they don't need to go into discover something else about the world they can completely go on a different route on a different tangent and just say because you've got you're right you've established your world now you can say how's somebody using it to their own for their own reasons um mm -hmm. to bad effect and now you can go over there and they've made dinosaurs which you've never seen of before they're 10 times the size of the original dinosaurs they're more deadly you need to you for sure you can throw in some some little tidbits of oh i didn't realize that this existed in the world but i really don't want them to try and reinvent that world again because that to me right. is um i don't like it when they do that it feels like they say they spend a whole game going look, you've revealed this. And then in the sequel, if they turn around and go, actually, that was all wrong. It always gets my yeah. back up when they do that. I don't know if yeah. you're the same, but it kind of annoys you. Yeah, no, I, I think there were elements, even within Horizon Zero Dawn, that came close to undermining stuff that they had already done. Because what I liked about it was, again, on the, during the course of the story, you do come to understand that world and the meaning of zero dawn and you get answers to the questions you want answers to so i'm with you i don't want them to walk any of that back and i really hope that they are thinking more about what you're thinking about which was that you've established this world you've answered those questions respect the work you've done before and what you've already told people about that world and build on it in a way that doesn't betray what you've established we we would sort of just briefly discussed it before the pod but there's actually something which i don't want to say just in case there's anyone out there who hasn't seen it but the end of the game there is a, a little jumping off point for a sequel i kind of hope that they wrap that up um and don't use that as the jumping off point for the sequel i'd much rather they developed a whole new story around something completely different um yeah that to me would be so i've just although i just have just had a quite a cool idea if they then if they managed to say somebody from the old world managed to survive and you didn't know about it and they've come back somehow however that is that would okay. probably be a pretty cool um place to get new information because you obviously have to introduce new characters and things but yeah i don't think they need to i don't think they need to rewrite anything from the original um okay because like you said, it's rare in games that you get closure because they usually try and keep them open so they can keep making more and more and more entries. So yeah. definitely, please don't back backtrack now. That would, that would suck. 
I agree. Let's hope that they don't do that. We have to keep our faith in Gorilla. They didn't let us down with Horizon Zero Dawn. They also did a pretty good job of making sure uh, that the last series they worked on, Killzone, did get progressively better game on game, I think, by Very most accounts. Yeah. So um, let's hope that that pedigree uh, remains in check as Horizon Zero Dawn continues. And now, Jonesy, if we skip ahead a little what, bit... One of the most underrated oh, shooters that ever came out. You know the, what? The Killzone series. I think committed PS3 owners are always talking about how good Killzone was. Um, and I think especially in the latter days when Resistance, which was Sony's other kind of marquee first-party, first-person shooter, had kind of gone off the boil a little bit by comparison, Killzone looked really cool. And as someone who didn't have a PS3 for most of that generation, I always looked at Killzone and thought, man, like, that looks satisfying and chunky and brutal and heavy and weighty and all those kind of buzzwords, all those adjectives. But I don't know. Maybe it was because I didn't like Shadowfall that much, the one that came out with the launch of the PS4, but something about it, I just like, I'm not super interested in that world anymore. Yes, fair enough. Yeah, space Nazis are a, a difficult one to sort of rehash yeah. again and again and again. I mean, to be fair, though, you look at the design and the look of the Hellgast, even the name of the Hellgast, like, that's a pretty iconic group of enemies right there. Yes, and it, I think it's the second one is it that has um, Brian Cox as the voice of the um, uh, the main. But I think it's Brian Cox, the main bad guy. I, I, I could believe it. Yeah, I think it's he Brian seems Cox. Like, do, he seems like, like an iconic kind of evil villain voice as well, which is great. Yes, gotta love one of those. Anyway, so we're done talking about Horizon Zero Dawn, Jonesy. I think we should maybe, in the interest of time, jump ahead to another. Uh, upcoming third-person action-adventure game, although this one is a little bit more current in terms of the reason it's in the news, and that is the recently announced game Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Yes. That was my horrible Scandinavian accent for you there. You wouldn't <laughs> was... believe my best friend was Norwegian, would you? But George, you've probably actually got a pretty good Scandinavian accent, but because everyone does a pretend one all the time, they don't really it's, know what it sounds like. It is shocking. It is shocking. <laughs> I realise the only word I can really say in that voice is the name of the town he lives in, and it's a very small town, so I'm actually I'm just not going <laughs> to say it dox just in him. case. Dox yeah, mate. like because that's the thing about Norway is they're very sparse, small towns. So if anyone did ever rock up there in search of my best friend, they'd probably find him. <laughs> uh, although hopefully no one, no one would ever do that. So you know. Um, anyway, so uh, to I guess fill in the folks at home, we're actually in a bit of a weird spot where Assassin's Creed Valhalla was formally announced yesterday following a live stream in which an artist called Boss Logic, whose work is very cool, I recommend you go and check it out if you hadn't heard of him before, was basically, Jonesy, was kind of doing a piece of artwork from the game, almost the key art for the game, mm. live. It was not even time-lapsed. It was actually playing out live in front of us. Yeah, it was, it was eight and a half hours, I think, roughly, um, the live stream. Um, like you said, going from um, nothing. Uh, in, pretty Photoshop, I get, I think he was using, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, and then yeah, created the this this um, sort of key art, um, which actually I think you were the one who sort of put me onto the fact that there was a lot of stuff revealed. I suppose in that it was um, it was a very cool piece of artwork, but it did tell us um, sort of a few things about the game, and there was a lot of little things hidden and, and some cool little sim- symbols and things. Yeah, like we were noticing at the time, like uh, for example, that he had the the emblem, the logo, whatever you want to call it, for the Order of the Assassins on his axe, which. Obviously, it was a con- confirmation that Assassins will hopefully be a part of the story as the last two games have kind of fiddled around a little bit with how important the Assassins actually were to the core narrative. 
Um, we also noticed a couple of other little things like a, a raven. For If anyone that's got the image in front of them or can maybe pull it up, there was a raven in the left-hand side of the image and some other kind of details we're noticing. But um, The raven's the- tied to uh, Odin, isn't it? Like um, yes. knowledge and Odin's ravens. and So we're getting a little bit of an inkling that there will be some sort of mythology um, as well as some out-and-out battling because you've also got... I think we were saying it looks like it could be um, English, um, English fighters yeah. in front of a castle on sort of one side of the um, the image, and then there's a um, North boats sort of going through some really rough seas on the other side. Um, yeah, because I, I read some some rumours as well, and I I'm, I, hopefully we will find out uh, how true they are, which is that you will be fighting. Well, not just fighting, but you'll be sort of spanning. I think it's Denmark, um, Norway, Sweden the south of England um, in this game. The south of England? Interesting. interesting. Well, this, was this based on a leak? It was based on... I'm not sure where the leak came from. It was on an article that I read where they sort of were saying that it's um, right, okay. It's going to see a lot... But I well, couldn't find the source, so it could be bullshit. <laughs> I might actually uh, put a pin in that for now because uh, basically to give people a, a peek behind the curtain, obviously a trailer was announced... Uh, alongside the reveal that this was game was called Assassin's Creed Valhalla, etc. That trailer dropped while we were recording. It was actually about an hour ago at the the exact time. And so we had the idea that we were going to watch that trailer and then kind of report back all as part of this podcast to give you our immediate thoughts to it. And I just thought maybe, because before we get too far into I, I basically I don't want you kind of talking about the countries <laughs> it's set in for 10 minutes and we watch it and like, oh, well, that was all wrong, all wrong. But I wanted to say it first to see if it's true because that'll give me... Ah, you know, okay. If I don't, okay. then I'll feel like I was... Um, okay, so yeah. actually, let's, this could be quite funny because we're going to contradict ourselves in about three minutes, but <laughs> let's get some predictions. So say the countries you think it's going to be set in again. So the, the rumours that I read was uh, Denmark, Sweden, Norway, and, and it's not the south, but in parts of England, so not all of it. Um, okay. I think I'm trying to think of the many other sort of rumors I can that were that obvious. I think it was the fact that you're going to see some Norse gods or mythology mythological creatures and things in there. Um, I think the working title was for the game or the leak title was Ragnarok, I believe. I think Ragnarok was speculation. Speculation. The, wor- the working title was Kingdoms, I believe. Oh, Kingdoms. Okay. So um, and Ragnarok is tied to the serpent and things, which we've obviously already seen in God of War. So there's might yes. be a bit of crossover between those two, those two titles. Um, but hey, I'm I'm so, I'm really psyched for this. I I was a bit unsure whether I liked the way they did the reveal because they did the artwork yesterday. They're doing the mm. trailer today. It feels like a bit of a. I think some of our patrons said it's like a um, uh, and it's like an, a trailer for a trailer for a game yeah. that they haven't really even announced. Like it's it's a bit weird, but. I, I get it. It's a pet peeve, but I feel like that's the film and games industry at the moment is it's about kind of waves of anticipation and building up a knowledge base amongst players bit by bit. Um, and I think the fact this is apparently a four minute trailer we're about to watch, which is, you know, not insignificant for the first bits of whether it's gameplay, cinematic, whatever it is we're going to see. Um, and what, what, would be the, what would be the most surprising thing for, that you could see in the trailer that you'd be like, oh, the most surprising thing? I'd, I would be surprised if we saw anything that looked like legitimate, like, raw gameplay at this age. I think it's going to be largely either a straight-up cinematic or in-engine. Um, I would also be surprised if we saw anything that was extremely mythological. Like, right. if we saw fucking Thor coming down from the sky and sending out thunder from his hammer, again, I'd be very surprised if we saw that at this stage. 
I think they're just going to flirt with those elements in much the same way they did right. in Origins Odyssey. Um, yeah, I think I think yeah. you're probably right. There'll be a crack of lightning at some point, but that'll be that'll be the extent to which they introduce Thor. <laughs> I th- yeah, maybe we'll see. Shall we? Shall we do it now, Jonesy? Yeah, let's do it. Let's have a look. Okay, so. Uh, I guess I was about to say bear with us, but the folks at home won't even need to bear with us. There will be a two-second gap, and the next thing you know, just like magic, when I click my fingers, we will have watched that trailer. And just like that, with the power of post-production, we have now watched (laughs) the debut cinematic trailer for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And I'd like to think, Jonesy, we actually got more or less everything right there. Yeah, I think we we sort of touched on a few things and a few things we didn't see there, but everything we said, I think, did appear. A bit of Odin and his raven, which you flagged yes. up before. And um, again, more more alluding to people like Odin and the powers of the gods than outright showing someone, say, wielding Thor's hammer or casting lightning. It seems like they're going to be more of like a background presence that maybe empowers the player character and the Viking forces that rather than being like, hey, you're a god now. Yes, yeah, which would have been a bit ridiculous. Um, I, I liked the fact that, that it sort of set up with the uh, the English king talking about the you being godless and barbar- barbarians and stuff. I thought it was a very cool sort of setup, yeah. juxtaposed with like the village life of a Viking village. I think that was quite yeah. cool. Um, hey, it look it looks very cool. I mean, cinematic is cool. hard to judge. Um, yeah, I guess because they're maybe, cinematics. Maybe a little bit of a cliche to have like have the voiceover make the English people say like, oh, these these barbaric godless Vikings and it's like, actually no, I'm I'm really nice. Look at me, I saved this woman. Like <laughs> I actually quite like the idea of the fact that Vikings were just fucking like land raiding pirates who <laughs> who raped and pillaged as they went. I kinda wanted to rape and pillage along well, okay, let me clar- I wanted to pillage, pillage along the way. <laughs> just a bit of pillaging. <laughs> yeah. And the idea is like, no, I'm actually a, I'm actually a really good Viking and I care about women and children. Not like, no, dude, I'm gonna spend the next sixty hours cutting people's heads off. I don't need that. Maybe you care about Viking women and children, but you just like cutting everyone else's heads off, so that's fine. Yeah, maybe. And I guess um, uh, the the other thing that we touched on before that we saw full on um uh, what's the word? Confirmation of at the very end of the trailer was the presence of the Order of the Assassins because we saw, of course, Jonesy, the return of the infamous Hidden Blade. Schling. Um, except this time, interestingly, it was on the top of the forearm coming over the knuckles rather than coming out from the underside, which is traditionally why the Assassins have had to cut off their ring finger on, the, I believe, their left hand. So interesting little uh, tweak on the design there that Clearly the Vikings thought of and no one fucking else did. And also they've got a much cooler way of doing it that they just punch you in the head and it comes out and stabs you. Yeah, Yeah. because, uh, yeah, I guess it's much easier to kind of... You can keep a full, compact fist with this form of the hidden blade. Um, no, that looks very cool. I mean, like we said, it's it's a cinematic, so we can't read too much into it, but... um, I feel like we haven't really learnt much, but it's done exactly what it needs to do. Um, and then confirming that it's going to be out holiday of 2020, which is obviously you know not that long away. So I hope we should get some more stuff released between now and then, which should give us a lot better idea of what we're going to see, what we're yes. going to play. I've actually, again, I could be wrong, but I believe if everything that I've read and heard uh, on the grapevine is true, then actually we're not going to have to wait too long to see a little bit more of this game. Obviously, we know there are going to be a lot of events over the next month or two. I believe Xbox are going to be having some kind of an event pretty soon, perhaps even, as we said last week, on May the 5th, although that won't be a big blowout event. It will be a slightly smaller, but apparently still quite cool event, and we are still to expect a slightly larger 
E3-scale event later down the line. Obviously, PlayStation will have to do something at some point. Then you've got IGN and the game spots of the world um, hosting kind of digital streaming events across the summer. So expect to see Assassin's Creed gameplay, I'm going to say, before the summer is out for a release, probably in, let's just say, October or November. And I think it will be a cross-generation game. So Xbox One and PlayStation 4 and Series X and PlayStation 5. I would I'd be very surprised if it wasn't. Much the same way Black Flag was in 2013. Yes, yeah. I'm I'm hyped for this. I think uh, they made all the right moves for me for um, when they went to Odyssey. I, I wasn't as taken with... Um, uh, oh, God, what was it called? The Egyptian one. I think Origins. Origins. I think the, the, the steps they made to Odyssey, I, I liked all of those steps. And, I'm, and it looks... I can't imagine them losing any of the stuff that they progressed to into that. Um, yeah. The, like the way that you could effectively be a much more balls-out fighter um, uh, in that game. And I loved all the introduction of the, the quick moves, like the, what was it, the Spartan kick and stuff like that, I think was pretty wicked. Oh, right, yes, that they kind of went through an Odyssey, which I guess is we talk, kind of talked about off uh, off recording as a potential way of, like, harnessing the more mythical, mystical elements and the abilities of the gods and people like Odin without actually having them in the game. Obviously, Assassin's Creed as a series has had the pieces of Eden, which at times have seemed to empower certain people. And I think in Odyssey, they have you have like the tip of the spear, right? Who belonged to someone important or something. Uh, Leonidas, yeah. Um, Leonidas which is obviously spear. from like 300 and the, the hot gates and, the, and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah you have the, exactly. You have the tip of the spear and you almost do a... Um, uh, Shadow of Mordor style, like you can throw the spear into people and you basically teleport to them, and you can throw it into someone else and sort of tell which gives you sort of ludicrous, um, hum- above human sort of movement speed. There's a few other things thrown in there, but I suppose you could say, oh, he's just throwing a spear at people. But yeah. like you said, it's a way of getting those elements into a game without out and out admitting yes. that you're doing it. And the other thing I think both those games had is that you have. Origins and Odyssey, I should clarify. You had an eagle by your side, right? That you would be able to fly over bases and and tag enemies. I wonder if perhaps Odin's raven becomes your eagle in Ah. this, and that that is how Odin is maybe imbuing you with some kind of power. Well, I don't know. That's that's a very good point. Actually, that's a great point because um, that would make complete sense. It would tie into the game. It would it would they could say. Oh no, it's just a raven. But then, obviously, you know that it's alluding to something else, and then they can always jump in, say, "No, it really is Odin," and he can pop out whenever they whenever they want. Yeah, I'm gonna say it now. That I said this on Discord, I'm gonna say it again. The game will finish with you making it to the Americas, because that is a thing that I've heard people talk about before. Like people, um, did, did the, the Vikings Vic- manage that? Yeah, yeah, pretty sure they did. Yeah. What's but the it's, timeline? Of- okay, so it's kind of it's one of those things that's. I think they they talk about the first Europeans discovering the Americas is being, you know, like the Christopher Columbus, etc. But then other people mm. said, no, the first Europeans to make it to America were actually the Vikings. Because um, yeah. I think they've had, I think they've found long ships and stuff in the, in the Americas. But that is my little theory for how this game will end. It's going to be interesting. We discussed actually prior to recording how little, at least I knew about the Vikings and how, too, where they yeah, tended sure. to come from and where they ended up and, and when and, it was interesting reading about a lot of that stuff. Some of it kind of made sense based on you, you know, you put bits and pieces together over the years. But broadly speaking, and I know the term Viking is a loose term, and I know they were around for um, a couple of hundred years, I believe. So 
there's a lot of ways that this could go, but still, it's going to be interesting to see what Ubisoft and the Assassin's Creed series do with uh, all that possibility. For sure, yeah, absolutely. Okay, and with that, Jonesy, with that reaction complete and in the books, that probably does it for this episode of the uh, Super Show podcast. Indeed. Thank you very so, much for for having me here while you did a brilliant job of hosting, Jamie. I appreciate that, and uh, thank you for, for being, as ever, a wonderful colour commentator and analyst, and more importantly <laughs> than any of that, uh, a friend. Cheers, pal. Okay, and uh, thank you at home or wherever you are, whether you're sitting around, whether you're going for a walk, maybe you're driving somewhere you're not meant to be driving because... <laughs> is it essential? You know, is it essential? Think about it before you travel. Do you really need to make that trip? I don't know. Maybe if you had a podcast to listen to, it may be worth it. Um, but yeah, thank you all for listening, watching, whatever you did. If you are on YouTube, remember you can like the video, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Maybe leave a comment because we do read them, we do respond. We also pick out our favourite comments of the week and feature them in the following episode. So if you want a chance to be featured, then of course, get your comments in down below. And if you're listening on an audio platform, maybe it's iTunes, maybe it's Spotify, whatever it is, please do give us a five-star rating because that shit really helps. It makes us look good when new people find us and they see a five-star review and they think, well, these guys must be fucking professional. <laughs> they know exactly what they're doing. When, of course, we all know that we don't. Um, <laughs> but yes, thanks again, one and all, for watching and uh, listening, whatever you did. And hopefully, we'll see you on the next one. See ya. See you then. <laughs>